podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Talk about the likes of Brandon Benedict, and you could probably talk. I'm disappointed that Benny ended up in Newcastle. <laughs> or sorry, not him, because we absolutely loved him, and and we wanted him to stay here forever. And when he came back, he, he proved what just what a miss he was in those years. His way, but one player you did mention there, you said he's such a good friend of yours. Just how good was Jeff Swayze? Yeah, I think he was a player that was sort of misunderstood. I think um, you know a different different guy off the ice and I think he knows that I think he's you know he's a man of principle and uh you know but you know that that's kind of is what it is when it came to lacing up the skates I think he I mean physically and skill wise you know and dominance I don't think you'd be hard pressed when he was you know when he was on his game you'd be hard pressed to tell me a player that was more dominant in the elite league I mean I think over the last couple years you've saw a few players of you know, we're, we're good players and we're fast and scored big goals. But, I mean, he could he could carry a line. He could carry a, a whole team. And, you know, with the size and physical presence, I mean, he some of the things he did and, you know, to score those shootout game winning or shootout goals against Nottingham, you know, and to just have the toughness to, to combine all those things and uh, to bring that on a night-in, night-out basis and still be – I mean, you didn't see him getting a lot of fights, but – there's a reason for that. I mean, there's not too many guys that wanted to uh, wanted to challenge him on the ice. I mean, there was a time when we played against Sheffield, I think, and I think Rob Farmer um, was maybe only like 18, 19. It was that 2009, 2010 year, and um, he, he was out there being, doing Rob Farmer stuff, and I think he, he dropped the gloves with Tim Cook, and he wanted to drop the gloves with Tim Cook. He started it. And uh, Cookie got the better of him, so their bench was sort of going a little bit nuts. So at, at the you know our bench was yelling over and you know yelling you know whatever, and the coaches yelling over. So Swazer does he's not saying anything; he's keeping all quiet, and you know, the refs sorting out the penalties or whatever. So he jumps over our boards, doesn't say a word to us, scoots over about in front of their bench, and and goes, "All right," he goes, um, "Not going to say anything." He goes, "You send out whichever player you want, I'll fight him." One on one, on the next face off, and uh, we'll call everything even. That'll be it. Finished with, <laughs> and not one player on their bench or coach said one word. And he goes, "So yeah, see so you guys decide. Whoever you want, I'll fight them. Send them out, and then uh, that'll be it. Finished. There'll be no more." And he turned around, skate back to her bench, and <laughs> I've never seen. He didn't make a big deal out of it. If you're at the game, you would have never known. Never known. He just stood there and said it, and I was just like, oh, my goodness. And no one said a word. The game just – the ref dropped the puck at the next faceoff. The game continued. It was just never spoken about again. And so <laughs> it was just like – I couldn't believe it. I mean, uh, you know, he, he was a big man. And uh, I think there were, even in that Newcastle game, we uh, – in this, the quarterfinals, we were up maybe 3 or 4 nothing, or 4-1 going into the third period at home. And – um, and you could tell that the, the Rob Wilson was a coach, and you could tell they they had a guy, sort of a tough guy on their team, but they didn't have a many tough guys. But that year, and I, I, they sort of you could tell they were going to try and send a message. So this guy lined up for a faceoff with uh, Pat Bateman or on my wing with Bateman, and um, so then Bateman uh, he was trying to get Bateman to to fight. He was trying to you know beat him up, not beat him up, but Bateman was tough. But and they were kind of jarring, so the ref came over, told him to split up, and Suez came over and told Bateman to take the other wing, and, and Suez just 
tattooed this guy. He had knuckle prints in his forehead, and that was it. Like they, that was it. Like this, I knew we knew right. We were we were dominating the game, but you knew right there that 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 series was just over. There was no way they were coming back to that. But you know, a special player and uh, you know a guy that probably should have gone a lot further than they did. And you know, he's a guy we're talking about maybe getting an opportunity if he got an opportunity to. You know, get a couple of NHL games and did well. That you know, you can still play play in the NHL now. For those couple of seasons, you wore the the C on the chest very proudly. Um, the captain of the Belfast Giants. Can you remember how it came about? Was it a player thing? Was it a coaching thing? They called you and said you're going to be captain. Was it player selected or and just how much pride did you take in being the Belfast Giants captain? Yeah, it was kind of weird that first year. Um, George was out injured. Um, you know, pretty early on, and um, he was the captain. And um, so in 2009, 2010, I think he only played a couple games, and then he just, it was going to be a season-ending injury. And um, yeah, and, and he sort of so that maybe after a couple games, a couple weeks, they said, "Okay, you're going to be captain." And and then uh, you know, George was able to come back from the injury towards the end of the year, and and um, you know, Steve and, and Todd, they said, you know, you're going to continue to be the captain for the rest of the year. And, and they're happy with the way things are going. And um, that's the sort of the way it continued the rest of that year. And then we went on to, to lift the playoff championship. But uh, the second year, Doug came in as a co- uh, as a new uh, new coach. And he said, um, uh, you know, we're going to vote on this as a team. And, you know, he said that he still envisioned me being captain. And but he wanted the players to vote, and I was fine with that. And and it was obviously voted, you know, honorably as the, as the captain that year. And you know, we came close again. We were one point out of, uh, you know, actually, well, yeah, one point out of winning and the, the the regular season championship. And I think um, Cardiff and, and uh, Sheffield were tied, and then I think Sheffield won by you know regulation wins. I think it was. Um, so it was you know we were close again, right there, three years in a row. Um, being so so close to to winning the championship, or sorry, two years in a row, um, it was one of those things where, uh, you know, again, it was a, a massive honor to be captain, and and uh, very proud of the moments that I uh, was able to wear the C, and hope they represented the, the players and the fans in you know an honourable way. And then 2011-2012 comes on. Belfast Giants can't offer you a ski pass, so you take the <laughs> opportunity to go to Morzin. <laughs> Yeah, things were. Um, yeah, it was. It was a tough year. I think you know, there's a lot of movement of players coming in and out, and I think there was a lot of, uh, you know, Doug sort of envisioned that team as, as as sort of half of his team and the players that were there from the year before, and then half of the players that he brought in. I think he wanted to put more of his stamp or his, um, you know, as I say, his stamp on the team and, and more of his style, which is fine. And uh, there was contracts sort of getting offered around for Europe and. You know, I was still only uh, 31, I think, at the time, and and uh, wanted to try Europe. And and you know, obviously, it's very tough, as you can see, even by the players now, to get into top top leagues in Europe. So I thought, well, uh, you know, France, it was the you know money is about the same. It wasn't really a raise or anything. And um, you know, there's an opportunity to go there. And you've seen in the past players that do well in, in those sort of France and Italian leagues have the opportunity to move up. So I thought, well, I'll give it a shot while well, I still can. Uh, and uh, yeah. You know, we can maybe say that it was a mistake or whatever, but, um, you know, I had a lot of great memories down there. The hockey probably wasn't what I expected or didn't go the way that I expected. Um, you know, and then Doug and the boys, they won the championship that year, so it worked out well for them. 
Um, uh, you know, so as far as, as far as that goes, it was, it was just a move that came around that I decided to take the opportunity while I did. And, and that's the way it was. And you come back to the UK then the following season and a bit like the, the last time you came back to the UK, I'm sure a lot of people were hoping and that the, the former captain would have ended up back in Belfast, but it was in the orange of Sheffield that you ended up. Yeah, I mean, for guys that were supposedly best friends, Todd and I never seemed to be able to come together on a contract. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, when I came back, I think I was back pretty early because we in France the playoffs, you know, start a little bit earlier. And I think I was back in mid March and uh, started to get contacted from a few teams, and um, uh, obviously got an offer from Sheffield and. I went to Todd and said, "Oh, so I've I've got an offer from Sheffield, or uh, um, you know, in the in the Giants, is, is there something interest here?" And um, you know, they obviously had some contract offers out to some other British players, which are currently on the team, and um, they just couldn't offer me a contract at the time. And and you know, looking back, I, probably knowing what I know now, I should have maybe waited it out. But I think if if you know, you've got one job on the table. You, you can't really hang out and wait out if you don't have another job lined up. If I'd have waited it out and then if Robert Dowd, for example, had came back to Belfast, I wouldn't have had a job. So Sheffield might have signed, um, I can't think of another British player, Russ Cowley, for example. You know, they might have signed another British player and, you know, all of a sudden, um, uh, you know, I'm out of a job or, you know, maybe not uh, taking a pay cut for half my salary so there, there is only so many jobs to go around for British players even now and it's tricky it's, it's a tricky market to try and figure out and it's tricky to try and know what the right thing to do is but um, at the time there wasn't a contract available on the table for me from Belfast and I just had to try and make the best decision for for myself and my family at the time and obviously it's not that long you, you'd started okay with Sheffield I think you'd appoint a game three 20 odd games for them and then obviously you know, there's a bit of movement goes on within the league and uh, fake trade, the, the fake the, trade, the, the fake trade. Well, you can tell the true story, but Scott Champagne goes one way and Colin Shields for the third time comes back to be a Belfast giant. <laughs> worked out right, third, worked out every time. So, yeah. um, figured the third time just as lucky, but the uh, yeah, just it just wasn't really you know, I had some good times in Sheffield, some good games, and thought I was fitting in, and then other times I just didn't feel like I you know, wasn't fitting in. It was nothing against Ryan Finnerty or Tony Smith or anything. It was just one of those things where um, I just didn't feel myself. And, you know, Belfast was in my heart and I knew I wanted to be back here. And, um, it's, you know, at the time, it, well, I'm not sure what the contracts now are, but, the, you know, at the time there's a two-week clause in every contract for the owners and for the players to get out of. So I exercised my two-week clause and they weren't happy about it. Um, at the time, also, I, I hadn't spoken to Belfast. I went to them and I said, "I'm, I'm, you know, handed in my two weeks' notice. I'm not happy here." And um, you know, they weren't happy about it, of course. And um, you know, uh, you know, so it started that that clock ticking. And I think obviously the the words got back to Todd, and he um, he they I think maybe they had a couple of injuries that so they were looking to you know sign me and. Uh, I think to sort of cover up any, you know, or not cover up, but I think just to kind of mask over what was happening. I think they decided to make it look like a bit of a trade, but um, but there was no trade. I mean, I handed in my two weeks to to Sheffield, and you know, two weeks later signed with Belfast. And as 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 Total likes to remind you there, when when ten years came round, that that began the, the you know the the love affair with the Belfast and vice versa, and and what went on to be an absolutely 
like an amazing career with the Belfast Giants. Yeah, I mean, it was a little tough that first year because coming back, I mean, the Giants were, you know, in the hunt against, um, you know, that year Nottingham had their big Grand Slam year and the Giants were right there till the end. And, you know, we chased them right to the end. We, we played against them in the, you know, the playoff final and lost in overtime and then almost right to the wire in the regular season too. So, but it was a tough year. I was coming in halfway through and, and they always said their line set and things like that. So I was just looking to sort of try and fit in and, trying to find my game a little bit, you know, after being a little bit out of sorts that year. But with the next year being such a, such an amazing year with Paul Eady coming in and, and Suez coming back and uh, things just clicking right from the start, I think that was sort of your dream year if you look at any season where you've just been dominant right from the start to the finish. Um, stayed healthy pretty much the whole year, our team. Um, and a team that if any team was going to win the full Grand Slam and, and deserved a Giants team, I would say that was probably the team. Um, of course, last year we were very close, uh, you know, in the playoff final. But, uh, you know, that year to be up 4-1 after the first leg of the Challenge Cup final, Challenge Cup, uh, sorry, first leg of the Challenge Cup and then to lose in overtime in the final. I mean, I think that's about as close as you can get. You know, last year, of course, was close too. But, but that was one of the most dominant teams I've ever been a part of as well. Yeah, we were we were pretty that season of, with Paul Eddy. I know what we spoke. Who we were talking to? Oh, it was Adam Keith himself last night. Um, talks about that, and you know, you can say Paul Eddy got lucky or Paul Eddy was a genius, but he was able to sort of almost fix his lines in September and and just roll those lines. We we one of our most fortunate seasons with injuries, but like we were also dominant. We had some fabulous players. I, I think the league was more or less done by Christmas. Yeah, I mean, I've got a, utmost respect for Paul, and I thought he did a great, a great job that year. I think, you know, he didn't say anything when he didn't have to, and anybody had to say something, you know, he said he didn't mix his words. He, you know, he said things that were important. I think he, uh, you know, he stepped back at the right time. He let the boys be boys. He let us have a good time. Um, he pulled back the reins. He, you know, he kept his practices short. He made his practice hard, intense. Um, the lines were working, so why would you mix them up, or you know, why would you? You know, he knew we had good players. He put good players in good situations. He played his best players, you know, you know, at times when they deserved to be out there, he would play them. And he knew that eventually if we were if we were down 3-1 in the game he, and, and Chris Higgins maybe wasn't at his best game, he wouldn't bench Chris Higgins. He, he knew that Chris Higgins was a good player and he was going to get him goals. So that's why I think when we were down 3-1, 4-1 in the games that year, there was no panic. There was no, uh, you know, no time to fold the tent. He would just go with his horses, and, and and we got the job done. And I think that was their attitude that with that team the whole year. We were up two one. Um, we're going to be up four five one. We're down two or three one. We're going to get this back. We're going to win five four. And um, you know, as you said, everyone's and stayed pretty healthy. And um, you know, for an older team, you know, guys probably on the other side of thirty. You know, we had a very close team, and guys would would hang out a lot, and we we had a lot of good. Um, Saturday and Sunday nights together and, and on the road everyone would sort of hang out together and, and sort of go out and have a good time and I think that's a sign of a good team especially at this level One of my this is hard to call it a disappointment when you look at the success we have had over the last 15 years of Belfast Jam but playoffs you know you've talked about it yourself about the format here you know I think we went to playoff final maybe three years in a row there came up on, on last year as well. If you want to say in the last 10 years, we've been to five finals and we've only converted once. Is that the format? Is that a, a little bit of puck luck on the day? A bad call here or there? I know that we've got a, a nasty call in overtime, like I think <laughs> too many men call one of the years. And you know, Yeah, that was they, that they, 2013 year. 
uh, Doug's year there where we lost. They had too many men call, and then they um, they scored. But um, I think that year we we had such a. Dumb, I'm not saying that because we won early. I think that we still played hard, and and Paul, you know, he was pretty adamant the fact that we were going to play right till the end of the season. And I think we only lost after we won. I think we only lost one yeah. game after that. And um, you know, we were. You know, I was older, but you know, some of the other guys were a little bit younger, and we were still having a good time, and and we we're still winning. It's just because we just I'm not saying you didn't care, but when you're relaxed and you just don't, you're like, screw it, we're going to win this game. Like we can beat these guys. We're the best team in the reason in the league for a reason. And um, but I think in that playoff final, we just Sheffield had a very good team that year and some very good players, especially towards the end of the year. And I think we got, did we get up to nothing in that game? I think, I think, I think Frank, was it Frank Doyle maybe in that's for them? Frank just Doyle, had, probably yeah. had the game of his life that day. Yeah, I think we got up to nothing. And then in the, um, in the second period, I remember like the last five minutes, they were just all over us and we literally couldn't get the puck out of our zone and we just sort of ran out of gas. It was, it was, there's not many games where you think that, holy shit, like we were absolutely getting crushed here because we're running out of gas, but that was one of the, the second period in that game just it just seemed like we really ran out of gas and then in the overtime I think they scored on the first or second shift you could really tell that we were just sort of out of gas and um, fair play to them you know we talked about it in a short one or three two three game playoff sort of format any team can win and um, they had the better team on that day and they, they outplayed us is it probably around that time that was that around the time Todd left then to go to Cardiff when was that yeah, so we so that summer, um, yeah, but midsummer he uh, he obviously worked out the deal. Yeah, yeah. So he worked out that deal and um, for him to go to Cardiff, and then Steve Thornton came back that year, and sort of the changes that it would all all started happening a little bit more. I think, and you know, they obviously trusted him and in charge for about a year and a half going back, and and Steve came back, and and a lot of things changed, and. Um, yeah, I mean, Todd saw an opportunity where he felt that he could go into a market like Cardiff and change things around, especially around then there at the new rank coming in and, and fair play to him for doing that, taking that chance, um, passing up on, you know, you know, it's a good thing here and success he's had here to, to go there, which is quite a big risk. And uh, that, that, that season for Steve Thornton coming in, he probably wasn't expecting to come back to Belfast as the head coach. I think he was thinking he was going to be coming in as a as a general manager and he had to pick up the reins and I think we're a bit unfortunate that season as well with a few injuries and, and maybe a couple of pickups that just maybe didn't work out and Westgarth came in as, as well and, and maybe wasn't exactly the hit that he was expected to be yeah I mean I think if you ask some of the guys that had been here um, you know for Stephen Murphy and Garth and some of the guys that have been here for a while what you know they're all good seasons but that was probably one of our worst years I think and I think it was just tough coming off such success the year before um, I'm sure that at some points this year the guys probably felt that this year with this year's team after you know the success we had last year um, because there's only one ways to go I mean especially what do we give up like six or seven games we lost that year the year before in 2013-14 to come back the next year I mean anything anything Short of that, it's going to be a disappointment. So, you know, big shoes for Steve to come in there. And um, as you say, you know, you're only trying your best to do the same, to replace the players that you have with signings. And, um, you, you know, Stephen Murphy, who's, you know, critic key part of our team the year before, gets injured early on. And um, anytime you're, you're, you know, a franchise goaltender gets injured, it's always going to be tough to pick up the, 
pick up the pieces from that. And uh, that was probably one of it. That was a disappointing year for us. I mean, we made it to the, you know, the playoffs, but uh, still there was just, um, the only place was down after that year, I think. And then the following year, Steve Thornton's had enough his, his hurdle fall <laughs> and he brings in Derek Walser for, for a couple of seasons. What was it like to play with Wally? Um, I mean, one of the most, it talks about amazing dominant players. I mean, the first year, even the second year he was playing here, was I've never seen a defenseman like that in the, in the league. I mean, I think Ben Story was a player, a defenseman that played in Newcastle, was one of the most dominant defensemen I've seen in this league. And um, going back, you, you know, guys like, you know, Fournier that plays in Cardiff, I think, is a similar player. I mean, just players that anytime they're on the ice can, can a one minute be behind the other team's net. Next thing would be the, the first guy back in their own zone, just a fluid skater. And, um, probably jumped into the coaching side maybe a little bit early, but, um, under a lot of pressure, maybe didn't know as much about the league as, as he, you know, had thought. I think, you know, struggled a little bit the first year. Um, and you could see that you could see that he was stressed out a lot, but, um, the second year, I thought we were unlucky. I thought we, we had a really good team the second year and a really good top couple lines and um, that that Rudy, Murphy and Riley line. And then we end up having uh, myself, Dez and Savvy going. And um, I thought we were really unlucky to not, uh, you know, come out with, with something that year because I thought we had a really good second half of the year. And we, you know, we were really pushing right to the end. Then, uh, what a shot Derek Walter had, by the way. <laughs> was, oh, I mean, said, he's just a heavy shot. Yeah. Um, and then we go on, you know, you go through the Robert Fitzpatrick, as he called it, the boot room, where he sort of groomed, groomed is the wrong term, but uh, <laughs> put Adam Keefe into, you know, into a position along with Derek Walter there with a, a, an idol of future and with Kiefer being, you know, that, that the guy that he had been on the ice, the guy that would block shots with his head. It made a nice transition for him to step off the ice and still have a job with the club and, and take over the coaching room. Yeah, I'm sure it was a tough transition for him. I'm sure, like it is for most players, to make that transition from player to coach when you're friends with a lot of the players and um, teammates with them for many years. But um, it was probably good for him to, to learn from Wally. Wally maybe um, kind of similar to other great players we've seen, maybe doesn't have the put their message across in, in the right way, but you can see that they really know the game and um, very smart player you know on the ice and and sees things in the game that that other players just wouldn't see um so probably learned a lot of things there that maybe he still uses now so that was a good a good learning experience for him that year and obviously having guys like Jim Vandermeer you know around as well and Brandon Bandit um guys behind the scenes which which really helped him in those first couple of years that gave Adam Keefe the opportunity to step into a bit of a coaching role with Team GB and obviously that year the tournament was held in Belfast, and we go and get the gold medal. I say we, like I was on the team. <laughs> you know, GB, go and get the gold medal on a fantastic weekend in Belfast. Yeah, that was something a bit unexpected. I think when you look back at my career, you kind of almost forget about that. It was um, it was a bit of a magical run there because the two years prior, we'd lost out by pretty much a goal to get promotion to, to the Pool A, and, uh, or sorry, not Pool A, to the, to the Group Division 1A, and... Um, I think we'd we'd came so close and we felt we deserved it. And then that year, everything just decided to come together and, and host the tournament in Belfast. We just weren't going to be denied. And, um, you know, a lot of magical things happened there and have your family and friends so close. Um, you know, that was a great experience. It was, I remember being there at uh, uh, the gold medal game and uh, 
the players <laughs> getting called out. It'll be something that, that you'll probably have a bit of a giggle about in years to come. But you know, like Stephen Murphy, the the riff nearly comes off. <laughs> Colin Shades, Mark Garside, <laughs> Craig Peacock. You know, gets oh, absolutely. I was standing with one of the guys from the the IAHF and when Craig Peacock was getting booed, <laughs> and he's like, well, "What's going on there?" And I was just give him. I give him the very quick story, but he was having a bit of a. Bit of a laugh, but obviously then we'll go on to the next year in Belfast and, you know, success follows and, and then GB in the summer again. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, that year to for us, to you know, Kiefer's sort of first year, full year coaching and to, to win the Challenge Cup that year with a lot of special players and, and a lot of talented players. I think we had a really talented team that year. I don't think we had enough depth I, I don't think we had enough players that we, to win the league I think we I don't think we deserve to win the league that year I think we end up falling back obviously with Murph with the injuries to Murphy and Garside and, and Dustin Johnner and some other players I don't think we had the depth to win the league but sort of in a, in a one game one game shot against Cardiff or against any team that year I think we could have won and uh we did have enough players that stepped up you saw guys in that game like Furland and, and Kurtz and Saviano um, you know, and you look at the other players we had that year, obviously with Murph and Riles and Rudy, and then we had, um, you know, Sa- um, Sylvester, myself, and Connolly. So, I mean, you know, and Spiro and the other boys back on D, and, and Wiss played a great game that year. Uh, sorry, that game was thoroughly, thoroughly deserving uh, to win. So, I mean, it was sort of fitting for that year. I think we deserved something, um, but I don't think we deserved the league, of course. And, and it was, a, you know, that was a special moment. And then to go over to Budapest and to win there, that was one of those things we're talking about in Belfast, everything just going right. That was one of the weeks where every power play we got, we scored. Every save that Ben Bounds could make, he made. And every time the, you know, Bounds would go our way and, and some other new guys that came into the team stepped up really well. Perlini and, um, you know, Farmer with that big goal late as well to to tie up that game to send us to pull A. Before we come on to the sort of the, the end chapter, if you want to call it that, let's have a look back at you know, the testimonial season, or not even the testimonial season, but the testimonial game, being awarded that by the club, all the hard work that you put in to, to make the event a success, having all the players back for the dinner. That must have been, there's not a lot of players within hockey, full stop, get a testimonial, but to play 10 years for the club, to have the success you have, to be awarded the testimonial, and for it to be such a success must have been a, a cliche dream come true and all, but you know, <laughs> you, know what, you know what I'm talking about. It must have been a really, really nice occasion. Yeah, it is tough. I mean, it's, it's very, it's, as you say, it's an honor to have a testimonial and, um, you know, to see all the fans come out and support. And right from the start, the fan support was just amazing. And so thankful for the club, of course, to, it's, you know, it's not a, it's not your right to have a testimonial just because you play for a team. You know, it's got to be granted. And, um, you know, the other guys that have had them prior and, and the guys that have had them since then. And you can see the way the fans have supported them, uh, as well. And we're all very gracious for that. And, uh, I was very, very lucky with the sponsorship we had and, and the support with the fans that were able to bring back some players, which are players that I really thought were influential in my career, not only my Giants career, but a guy like Martin Korea, who I played with at Maine. And, and uh, to be able to share the event with with all those guys and, and just try and make it a bit of a celebration rather than just, uh, you know, not just about me, but to bring back, bring back those other players and make it something else. It was just, um, you know, there's a lot of stress and work goes into it, but um, it was a great couple of days. I mean, uh, the, the way it was going that year too, it was sort of, we're having a little bit of an up and down start. And, and I think the week before we'd a lot, we lost on the Wednesday to somebody 
you'll have to check your stats on this, but we lost on the Wednesday or Thursday to somebody and, and uh, we were having the draft. I don't know if Keith will be mad at me for telling the story, but the draft was on the Monday and it was supposed to be Kiefer and Toy that were doing the draft. And uh, like on the, we had, we had no game on the Saturday, but then we were playing someone on the Sunday, Manchester on the Sunday. And Kiefer came up to me on the Friday or something. He said, hey, not to uh, disappoint you. He goes, but if we lose on the Sunday, I'm not going to be in the mood to be doing this draft. He goes, I don't want to pretend like I'm having a good time if I'm upset about the team, you know? So he, I said, no problem, no problem. I said, but I said, don't worry. I said, we're not going to lose that game on Sunday. <laughs> and then we end up coming out. It was just one of those ones where like Rob Sandrock was in, Suez, like all these good boys were in, like, Mike Hoffman, I was like, there's no way we're losing this game. And we just, we end up absolutely crushing him. I think we're up 5-1 or something in the first period. I think I had a four-point night. <laughs> it was like, I think that was, the savvy, I don't know, four goals or something that game. It might have been something crazy like that. And uh, we just absolutely crushed them. And then we went on to, you know, just have a great couple of nights. Like on that Sunday night to have all the boys back and everyone went out and had a good time. And then to have the dinner and the draft on a Monday and to have Todd host, I think was really special. I mean, he... As I said, he emceed our wedding, and he's so good on the mic, and he's just a guy that, you know, people love him, but then also people, you know, love to hate him too. So when he's on the mic, he just does such a good job, and um, there was great crack and banter the whole night, and, uh, you know, everyone that came out and supported the testimony, I really appreciate it. Let's talk about, very briefly, as I say, I want to go on to the final season. Let's talk about the numbers. I know that you've always said the numbers aren't important so, and you've always been a team guy. But now that you're finished and you look back, all-time leading appearances for the Belfast Giants, scored more goals than anybody else, more assists. Obviously, the end of points come with that. Most points, you know, loads of power play goals, most short-handed goals. You know, I could go on. There's records galore, you know. You went you went through a period there where it was like every other week was a record was broken. Now that you've you've finished the the playing part of your career, you must look back at those numbers with a bit of pride. Um, yeah, I know. I I think of before and and even now, I'll always downplay the the points part of things. I think that um, I was very fortunate to play with so many great players and and um be put in the opportunities to, to score points but uh you know it is something that looking back even it's only been almost a year since i retired now and you know i'm very honored and to have the opportunity and to to play with those players and, and those memories and, and you think back of as i say we think back of those nights um you know where you've had a big game or the team's had a big win and um you think back to the moments i mean they think back to that playoff final in 2010 i didn't even I think I had an assist in the first game. It's funny how you remember all your points. I had an assist in the first game, but then didn't score in the final or score in the shootout. So, and that's one of my biggest memories in hockey. So, um, sometimes it's not even the times where you score; it's the times where your teammates score and the and the celebrations and and the good times and memories. But um, of course, I'm very proud of all the points and and the records. And um, you know, it's one thing you just think of. Uh, it's funny to think of all the years of, of the opportunities you missed, I guess, sometimes. And you think of, oh, if I had this scored that or if I'd done that. I guess it's like when you're when I'm playing golf now, you're like, oh, if I just made that putt on 16, I would have shot, you know, whatever, whatever. But uh, but so many good memories. And I'm just, as I say, I'm very, very thankful for the opportunity and um, very fond of, you know, all the all the memories. We go into the 2018-19 season and it was a season, I guess, 
that you look back on in different ways. Um, you know, the, the, the retirement announcement came towards the end of the season, but, you know, that nasty injury you took, it could have been life-changing. Actually, to say you were lucky isn't true because it was a very serious injury, but, you know, it could have been a whole lot worse as well. Um, that really stunted what could have been an absolute fabulous, because you, you were coming off 30-goal seasons, you know, back-to-back 30-goal seasons, and you must have been feeling good. You were still skating well, but then that, that really bad injury sort of really curtailed that season. Yeah, I mean, as you said, a couple of good years. I felt like um, maybe after a little bit of a blimp there the year before. I mean, I still had decent points uh, Wally's first year, but felt like I really got my game back to where it was, and I was skating well, and physically I was feeling good. And, uh, you know, the team changed a lot coming in to, to last year. Still the base of the core was there, but a lot of new players coming in. And uh, my role had changed a little bit. Uh, you know, at the start of the year, I wasn't on the power play and, and maybe sort of moved on to like a third line role, which was fine. I was fine with that role and willing to accept it. But, uh, you know, as you say, picking up that eye injury uh, was one of those ones where, you know, at the time when it happens, it, it, as soon as that stick comes up, you, you just know it's like a feeling you've never had before. And that's that's the scary point uh, when it's so sore. And, and the first thing I thought of when I was on the ice is I, I need to get up and get off the ice. Uh, you know, I didn't want to lie there if, you know, if it was ruptured or whatever. And you hear so many stories about, well, not so many stories. It's kind of a rare thing to happen, but stories are where people have had their eyes ruptured or things like that. And I just knew I had to get off the ice. And uh, it was a scary couple of days and, and a really tough few months for me, not knowing whether I was going to be able to come back or play and, and just having the vision restricted um, for so long and, and you know, you're taking such a whack there, and, and for for a sport which is so fast, um, so reliant on speed and reactions to to not knowing if you're ever going to have your full vision back. You know, not so much your full vision, but um, you know your full peripheral vision, and, and feel as confident on the ice as you did before. I mean, if you're second guessing movements or or plays on the ice, I mean, you're you're you know you're toast. There's no way you can survive. So. Um, there was moments at that time over that two or three months period where I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to come back and play or not. And, um, I think during that time when I was off, I think that kind of gave me a little insight to, to what it would be to be out of the game. And, um, I think that probably changed my mind even coming back. I knew I wanted to come back and play if I was physically able, um, which I did. And I was glad I did. Um, I don't think I would have been happy you know, win or lose the league last year. I don't think if I if I had not came if I hadn't came back, I don't think I would have been content with my retirement. So I, I was glad I came back and was able to help the team. You know, maybe not so much on the scoreboard, but hopefully, like in the locker room and on the ice, and 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 some games that I was able to get points or contribute in one way or the other. I was, I was glad I came back, and of course, uh, winning the league and the the Challenge Cup, and then you know going right to the playoff final. It was um, it was definitely a great year to, to finish up the career. Can you remember the slap shot in the in the playoff final that beats Ben Bynes but doesn't beat the post? Um, it's funny you say that because until you mentioned that, I actually hadn't really thought about that play or the game that much. So I kind of forgot about it. I think it was in the second period, right? And then I was yep. coming down the bench side. Yeah, and I the puck, I remember the puck was there was a turnover in the neutral zone, and um, I'm just trying to replay it now. And I think Chris Higgins when he slipped it over and. I, I remember the ice was still pretty fresh. Or no, it was towards the end of the period. So I remember, uh, you know, picking up the puck and, and Ben was sort of a little bit off his angle. And I was thinking, I didn't think I had enough gas to, to get around the defenseman. So I decided to tee one up um, as I have many times before. And uh, the puck was a little bit, 
it wasn't quite flat. And I just remember I, I got a good piece of it. And in my head, I was like, shit, this is going to, this has got to be. And then I just remember hit the, the, I just hear that noise of hitting the, the post flush. And, uh, you know, as you said, for, for a game, which we were dominant for most of it, that could have possibly changed it. But there were so many, uh, other opportunities for guys to score and for things to happen in that game. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's one shot. It's not, um, if it was an overtime or something, then it might be a little different. We talked uh, to Adam Keefe, who were in his one-on-one about the uh, Continental Cup final last year against Arlan in Belfast, and I think you just came back because I think you probably had. Did you have an assist on the, on our first goal for, with I think Higgy scores it maybe? Um, um, I came back. I came back. It was my first. Or maybe that was my second weekend back. At the first games, or was it? I either came back that weekend or I came back against Sheffield the weekend before. But I remember I came back against Sheffield for two games. And we won both. And then um, I remember scoring in one of the ga- the early games. And then against Arlan, well, I believe actually I had the assist of Dustin John. It was cool. So if you- <laughs> I, I couldn't remember which one. I remember commentating on it. And, and- well, in case you, yeah, someone fired it over to me by the penalty box. See, you remember, I, I say I don't care about points, but then you remember all the points. But yeah. uh, someone fired over to me by the penalty box off a change, maybe our turnover. And then I zinged it over to Furland, maybe. And then he sort of tipped it over, or one touched it back over to Johnner, and then Johnner uh, made that great shot. So, um, sorry, was that what you were going to say? You're talking about me. But, yeah, but in, but in ter- but in terms of atmosphere, like that day was, even though the barn wasn't completely full, it was something special to be a part of. Surely. Yeah, that's one of the times. I mean, you do notice a big difference when the crowd's buzzing, and, and obviously the Giants have great following and. It's always great to have a to packed out rink, and uh, but you really do notice when there's a different vibe in the rink, and that was one of the days where um, you get those games a lot against Sheffield and and um, Cardiff lately because you know Cardiff's always been in the hunt, but uh, you know that day you could really tell there was a different vibe in the rink, and, and everyone was excited, and uh, yeah, that would have been a sweet one to to pull that one off. Before we go on to talk about the league championship win last season, I'm going to go forward and then I'll rewind. The World Championships at the end of the season, a little bit bittersweet. Um, quite hard to talk about, I'm sure, at times. But you know, you finally get to that top group. You've, you've, you've drawn Canada, you've drawn Team USA. You go there, you end up playing your 1,000th pro game while you're away. But there's still the taint of, of maybe not getting that Canada game. Yeah, I mean, I think going away, um, you know, it was a tough year for me. And, and I had said... To, to Pete Russell before the tournament, um, you know, before the team was announced, uh, you know, I'd like to, you know, I, I want to be a part of the team. I want to make the team and I still think I can contribute. And he said, no, you know, I want you on the team. And we had that conversation when, when Glasgow was playing in Belfast and I said, okay, that's not a problem. I'll, 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 I'll want to be on the team. I'll do whatever it takes. And, um, so I made the team and, um, uh, picked up a bit of a concussion in, in one of the exhibition games in Nottingham. Um, and it sort of was a little bit dazed for a couple of days and they were unsure whether I was going to be able to play or not. Um, but I went away with the team and then, and, um, played an exhibition game over in Slovakia. And, um, you know, we had a couple of, a couple of extra guys on the team, a couple of healthy scratches and, um, there was no conversation or anything about if I was ever going to be a healthy scratch, if I was going to be, you know, I was on the, I was on the power play. Um, I was on the fourth line with with Liam Kirk and, and maybe Matthew Myers or whoever it was, and but I was on the power play on the top power play and was still you know you know playing you know special team minutes. So 
Um, there was no conversation about whether I was going to be a healthy scratcher in the tournament or, or anything like that. And um, we played against Germany in the first game. And, uh, you know, it was a close game, 1-1, one, 2-1, one, one, Germany. And then, you know, it took him pretty close to the end. I think it was a big surprise for people that we came out with such a good start. Um, and then, uh, you know, you're playing against Dreisaitl there, and, he, you know, he scores that goal to make it 3-1. And um, But I thought we did a good show in the first game and um, felt that I, you know, I played fine and, you know, wasn't hindering our team or anything there. And, um, you know, then to be told that I was going to be a healthy scratch for the, the Team Canada game for... Um, was probably one of the biggest, you know, most devastating pieces of news I've ever been told, you know, my whole hockey career out of nowhere for, to be told that I was going to be healthy scratch for a game I've been waiting 20 years to be a part of, um, was something I'll never forget and, and never forgive. I mean, it's, it's just unexplainable to, um, you know, everybody wants to be a part of that game and, and whether, um, I was the worst player on the ice against Germany. I think that for 20 years, you know, of contribution to the program, I deserved to be in that game. And no one's owed anything in this game. And, and let's, you know, get that straight right away. But I think if there was a time where someone was owed something, you know, that was a game that I was should have been a part of. And um, whether I played one shift, whether I played no shifts, I deserved to, to suit up in that game. And um, I'll tell anybody that and, and I'll stand by that. But, um, uh, that was, that was possibly one of the most disappointing and, and, uh, devastating things I've ever had to deal with in my career. And it's a shame that it, you know, to go into the, my last tournament for Team Great Britain and, and to be dealing with that is, is something that I don't think that I deserved. And I think I've always been, you know, a pretty honest guy. And, um, you know, and if that was a conversation that was, should have been had, then, um, they should have been had long before, long before that game. And, and, um, you know, but looking back on it now, there's, I wouldn't have changed the way that I reacted and, and the way that I handled things. I thought I was still a good teammate to my, to my teammates after, um, you know, and, and try to support them as much as I could and, um, and do the right things while I was still practicing or, or, you know, playing in the other games. And, um, I was very fortunate to be able to play against USA and Finland and some of the other games and I'd be a part of that great France game last. Um, but it, it, you know, as you said, it was, it was enjoyable to share that with the boys and, and to give them the opportunity to, to be able to compete again and play the top division, you know, who's supposed to be this year, but it'll be next year. And to be a part of that team, which will be, you know, make history was, was something special. But again, to, to have that hanging over it was something that, um, I probably wasn't prepared to deal with at the time, but I feel like the way I handled it, I, you know, I handled the way I did and, um, the people that know me. Um, and the way I handled it, that's, you know, that I felt at the time that was the best way to do it. Did it taint it at all, you know, the, the other games, like the, the final pro game of your career against France, needing to win to stay in the top group? You just come up with a win with that amazing goal at the end. I think it's a Ben Davies from, from John Phillips on the on the three on three. You know, the, the excitement, are you able to really get into that excitement or was the sort of the whole experience a little bit tainted from that? Um, no, I mean, I don't, th- I mean, the experience I think was tainted, but at, at that moment, I think I enjoyed that moment and that couple of days with the boys, like, you know, there's, there's players on that team that I've known for 25, you know, 25 plus years. And that's what that moment was about. It wasn't about anyone else. It wasn't about, you know, a decision that was made. It was about the players. It wasn't about anybody else. It was the players that got the team to where they've been to the last, you know, 10 years, 15 years. 
and those players on the team are the ones that deserve that. Um, and that's the players that, that shared that moment. So, um, you know, that we, we had a good time and, and, um, very fortunate to play with guys like Jonathan Phillips, Dave Phillips, Ben O'Connor. Um, you know, those guys that run the team for a long time, Math Myers, um, Math Myers, Matthew Myers, and, um, those guys know that. And those guys are the guys that put in the work and the sweat and the tears over the last 15, 20 years to, to get the program to where it was. And, um, those are the guys that, that we shared that moment with. Let's go back to Belfast then. We've, we've came up with the defeat against Arlan. We've came up just short in the challenge or in the, um, in the Continental Cup final, we've gone on and won the Challenge Cup final again, repeated again. And uh, <laughs> with a few games left in the league, it looks like it's going to be Carlos, but we can only do what we can do. We have won our games. We're at the Crown Plaza, Player of the Year awards, and the news comes through that Ben Lake has scored a goal. Not for us, he hadn't signed for us at that <laughs> stage. Scored a goal for the, for the Coventry Blaze that beats the Cardiff Devil and gives us the title. Just what were those celebrations like to be part of? Yeah, I mean, I think going into that weekend, I mean, we knew if we won our games that anything could happen. But I think, I think you'd have to check check your stats here. I said that a few times, mm-hmm. but I think Cardiff's last three games were against Dundee, Milton Keynes, and Coventry. Mm-hmm. I think, and then you, you know, you just never would have thought that they would have lost two out of those three games. I think they did they lose to Dundee and Coventry or something. Am they I way off Coventry. on that? They'll definitely lost to Coventry. But... Yeah, in their last three games, they lost two. They lost two games, I think, and and the other one was to, to Dundee or Milton Keynes or something. It was it was something crazy that you just never would have thought would have happened. Maybe it was the weekend before they lost to Dundee, say in their last three games. But um, beside the point. But I just, yeah, it was one of those things where you just thought, well, there's no way Coventry's, you know, in eighth place. They got nothing to play for. They locked up their playoff position the night before. Um, and you've seen that in this league before. I mean, if you've been around this league for a long time, you know when teams are out of it and they just pack it in. And um, it, and I didn't really have much hope. I'm not taking away away from Coventry. I just didn't think that they would be able to pull it off. And and they they caught us all by surprise. And uh, and they sure did. And uh, you know to win the league, third league title, and. As I said, never once on, on the ice. Uh, you know, a special couple of days, and you know, a great way to finish off the, to the regular season that year. Let's tie this all up now. Um, we asked Kiefer to do this as well, and, and some of the other guys that we're going to hopefully talk to about their all-time Belfast team. You'll probably have yourself in it, obviously, but oh. Netminder's going to pick itself. I would have thought. Andrew Dixon, no, Andrew Dixon. <laughs> Andrew Dixon is the, the funniest netminder. Um, most broken. No, Stephen Murphy, of course. Stephen Murphy. Got to got to pick family. Got to stick with family. But uh, yeah, Stephen Murphy's been sensational for the club since he moved here. Yeah. And a, a nice D partnership that you've had. You've been blessed with some unbelievable D men behind you. Oh, this is gonna be a tough one. This is gonna be a tough one. Well, I'm gonna have to go with Rob Sandrock. Mm-hmm. Of course, um, was only fortunate enough to play with him for a couple of years. Actually, two two and a half years. Two and a half years, but just um, one of the driest sense of humor as you'll ever meet. Grumpy guy, um, but but a great great guy and uh, you know a good friend of mine who still try and keep in touch with. I'll, I'll jump across you there on Sandy because I was talking to Sandy not so long ago. We were talking about hazing. Did you have any incidents whenever 
you were back coming through the ranks. He he was telling me about um whenever he was coming through juniors in the in the pro teams that he had turned up one day and he was in a in a lovely suit and they threw him the swimming pool or something. I can't remember the the exact way of it. He says, but it was just brutal back then. The the older pros were just brutal to the juniors. Yeah, I don't think you can really talk about the stuff that gone on back then. But I guess it sure it shaped you to what you are today. But. You know, though I'd never had anything too bad. Nothing that was ever over the line. You obviously hear stories, but uh, nothing that was ever too much. But, uh, you know, just more more good times like when you were younger. Then on the other side to Robbie Sandrock? Oh, that's a tough one. I should have been thinking about that while you're talking. Um, oh, I'm trying to think. I don't know if I can pick a few, can I? Um, oh, that's going to be a tough one. Um, trying to think. Well, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to sell out here and go with Todd Kelman. I thought Ooh, um, okay. back a y- young Todd Kelman was just a smooth skate and young defenseman. The guy, uh, you know, good shot back there. Absolutely. Uh, but there's but there's so many. There's so many. Deadly, deadly poke check. Probably the the one thing from my memory of watching Todd play was just the, his fantastic timing with the poke check for for forwards coming on to him. But then we yeah. then we move up front. We've got you know we've got two wingers and a, and a center to put in there. Oh, this is really, this is going to be a tough one. Um, well, we won't, have, we won't go on positions. We'll just have to pick two or four. Or we go with the full, am I on this start, Am I on this well, forward you, lineup? You're picking it. Oh, well, well, I won't be on it for now. I, I think, it, I think you'd have to pick yourself. You've got like six million points. We can pull Murph and then we'll pick the other one. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but the, um, well, I guess if you're going on players that I played with, I, you're going to have to go with um, Jeffrey Suez, I mm. thought. Um, it, it, you know him and I just seem to have good chemistry. We played together pretty much the two years he was here. Um, we pretty much played the, played the, together the full time. And um, the other one, I'm gonna. Well, if you're leaving me on there, I'm gonna have to go with my good friend, my good little friend Steve Saviano. Um, and, you know, I think if if him him and Suez are both left handers, but I played with a couple of lefties before Benny and Suez, and then uh, Pat Bateman and Suez. I guess I could play center if I had to. Um, but yeah, Savvy's work ethic and, and it's just a skill and he just never gives up on pucks and you could probably find out. I bet he, on those, on those two years that he played here, I bet he had um, three years he played here or two? I don't know. <laughs> two? I think just two years. Was it two? I'm losing my marbles. For the, yeah, I think just two or whatever it was. But anyways, for those couple of years that he played here when we played together, um, I think on all the goals I scored there, he would be right up there on the, the assist for... For the goals I scored, you have to check your stats on that. Again, <laughs> buzzword tonight. Well, listen, yeah. as as we come to a very final close, this half hour has turned into nearly two hours. You know, um, anything you want to close out with here? Want to talk about your mom, dad, anybody that's referenced your career over, or do we just want to call it a day? No, I mean, there's just so many people. It's the great thing about hockey is, you know, you're just gonna have your ups and downs and your positives and negatives, but. The, the opportunity to meet so many good people and, and share so many memories, whether it's players, fans, coaches, uh, you know, equipment managers, you, know, you don't even touch on, on guys like Taff and um, all the other volunteers and everyone involved with the game and, and going back, you know, for me, 30, over 30 years of hockey and it's a lot of people and going back to your Canada days where you'd go stay with the Billet family and, and those people, I think, are the people that go unthanked and um, of course, the parents are those that are closest to you and your your wife and, and family. But um, there's so many people involved with with making things making things work, and um, you know, just really thankful for all those those people you get to meet and all those memories and make for all the fun stories that I can't tell on 
podcasts like this. Colin, it just remains for me to say thank you for going one-on-one with us. Thanks, David. Appreciate it. Sports Social Podcast Network.